It's the internet, you're busy, so let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything about the world of games so you don't have to think about it. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is Mike Minotti. And I decided that Jeff is dumb. I, I You know what? Today I'm feeling pretty dumb. I'm struggling with Poor the Jeff's computer. frustrated. Yeah, I'm very frustrated. I'm annoyed. My baby was crying all day. Now my cat is actually at the door crying. Uh, Mike, just... Just why don't you start crying too to make me really feel at home on the podcast? I'm not a crier. I'm a man. I'm burly and strong. And I've don't seen show you tears in your eyes before when you see no. me for the first time in a long time. I've, I've seen <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. I'm not I'm never gonna see you. You, you don't. You don't go to the events anymore. I have to go to everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got a baby now, so I'm just gonna yeah. sit at home and make you do everything. Oh God. The excuse is still working. In today's episode, we're going to go uh, into the news, and then we're going to talk about the NES Classic getting basically canceled. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, first, I want to thank you for joining us. Get more from Mike and me at GamesBeat.com. If you have something to share with us, email the podcast at GamesPlusPodcastAdventureBeat.com. If you're watching the video version, which I'll put up in a weird way later on YouTube, you could subscribe to the audio version on uh, uh, on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more, wherever you get podcasts. Finally, if you like the show, rate us on iTunes because that's going to help people find this show. All right, Mike, how are you doing? I'm all right. And what have you been playing? You been playing anything good? Uh, just more of a nothing like nothing new really. I've just been playing more of uh, that uh, Trails in the Sky second chapter. So that old RPGs and nothing nothing hot and current. You know, well, more more Hearthstone and stuff. But you know. So what's your problem? How come you're not going to play Player Unknown's Battlegrounds with that me? It does not look like my thing at all. Isn't that like an like an Arma thing or whatever? Kinda, but it's really just a battle royale thing. Okay, it is very. I I had no idea what to expect going in. I will say it's very low stakes. So a uh, hundred people join a surfer. You get dropped uh, from a plane onto an island, and you run around this island with nothing. You start with nothing. Everyone starts with nothing. You go around looking for guns, armor, uh, ammo, things you can add to your guns, first aid kits, and then the last person alive wins. I mean, it sounds neat. It is so cool, and the, the best part is, is like, you know, you go around and you kill maybe one person if you're good, and then you die five minutes later, and then you just load up again, and there's so many people playing that you get a match really quickly, so you never feel like you can't take risks because you've done sure. all this work. I mean, okay, so there's been a couple times where I get in the top ten, and I'm like, Ooh. oh, all right, I'm really going to make this, I'm really going to make a push for it, and I, you know, I do die, and I do feel like I really, uh, like, wasted all that time, like, doing all that effort, and those are those matches can be a little bit longer, but the game does this smart thing where it uh, pushes everybody into these smaller and smaller quadrants of the map by making these little, like, circle, these circles smaller and smaller uh, where it's safe to be if you're outside of one uh. of these circles, you get electrocuted or something. It's some weird thing, um, some weird contrivance. But I, I, so you know, you get pushed together to the point where these matches are only ever going to take so long. So again, it's low stakes. You don't have to put a ton of time into it. Um, and yeah, it's very tense though. At the same time, while 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 being low stakes, like you know, when you when you know your the plane is going to go over the military base, for example. Like half the plane, fifty people all jump out, jump out of the plane because uh, you get to choose when you jump out um, above the military base, and everyone just heads for like where they know a lot of the best stuff is often kept, um, and so it's this race to like the, to you know get the best armor, get the best weapons, uh, and to make a, a viable loadout so you can survive, and then 
you know, you could see the number, like right away, the number of people left just starting to drop, you know, 99, 95, 90 uh, within the first minute. And it's it's a really intense thing. And I want to play with you, so you got to get the game is what I'm trying to say. I, get, I mean, it sounds neat. The thing is, like, I, I still play Overwatch every day, so it's like when I, I have that time to play, like, an online shooter or some kind i'm probably playing overwatch but i mean this is obviously different like incredibly different but still it's just like no and it's the same time though i know what you're saying yeah, like yeah because right. i'm not i it's, it is the time i was previously putting in games like overwatch or titanfall 2 but yeah that's uh it's huge on steam um and it's, yeah. it's kind of fallen in the wake of king of the kill which is still even bigger but i think it's eventually player unknowns battlegrounds which is a terrible name uh is going to take it over yeah right I, who's player unknown Player known is basically, I guess he's some Arma modder who made the the first Battle Royale uh, mod for that. Uh, and he's kind of like a lot of cachet with that audience, so a, a Korean developer brought him on to help them make theirs. So it would be like if they his. called Dota 2 Ice Frogs Dota 2 or something. Ice Frogs Dota 2s. Because it's kind of the plural at the end, because <laughs> that's what really messes it up. Yeah, why, why didn't they just call it Player Unknown's Battleground instead of Battlegrounds? That's what really. Why, makes why not just call it Player Unknown? Make a riff on his name. That'd yeah, be okay. there you go. I yeah, exactly. Whatever. <sighs> yeah, it really. Do, it looks really bad. Um, okay, but yeah, that that game is is as good as I think a lot of people are saying. I mean, it's early access still. It's not finished sure. and it's buggy, but uh, it's worth checking out. Um, Mike, let's uh, let's get on to the news. Let's hop right into here. We got a few things we want to run down this week. Uh, no, starting with number one is something we, we speculated either last week or the week before was probably going to happen. It was like April happen. Fool's when we thought it was going to happen. So. That's right. So about two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Bayonetta is now on Steam. Uh, the original Bayonetta, not Bayonetta 2. It, it, Platinum Games was able to get it out on there. And it, it you know, it looks great. Apparently it runs really well, uh, like in 4K, even mm-hmm. on rather old machines, which is impressive. Um, makes me kind of want to go back and play it again. Is this something that you're going to maybe try to get, or you big fan of the guy? I don't know. Because, so, like, right now, if I'm going to play a Platinum Games game, I'm going to check out Nier, Nier finally, of course, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so, like, Bayonetta 1 was a game I played a bit when it came out. Bayonetta 2 was the one I played all the way through. And I was, I was like, I do feel a little guilty because I have that Wii U version of Bayonetta 1, right? But I'm <laughs> yeah. also like, I'm not playing a Wii U game, I'm, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I am curious, like, how good does this look on PC? And I don't know if I'm $20 curious. This is definitely one of those. This is going to be, like, $5 on a Steam sale at one point. And I, was exactly, I was thinking the same. Like, they're, like, Steam's, like, getting reloaded with games I might consider to buy during a Steam sale. Whereas, you know, maybe last year and the year before, I bought all the games I wanted, so there was nothing left to buy. Now, these are the kind of games where 5 bucks, I'm definitely going to just buy Bayonetta. I'll, I'll have that sure. on PC for sure. Um, I... I at the same time, I mean, this is a, kind of the second story, but it's still part of the first story. Platinum Games says, if it were up to us, we'd port all of our games to PC, but it, but it all depends on the publishers. Uh, I hope that means Vanquish has a chance. Vanquish is Platinum's weird third-person shooter, uh, mm. sci-fi shooter. It was really, really neat and really underrated. Um, and I, I, I don't know why I never played it, because it, people, like, doesn't it have some kind of, like, it's rocketeerishness to it uh, i mean a little bit like there's there that other game that was super rocketeer never yeah mind. no it's not that I know, and i know you're not thinking of that yeah because uh, yeah. that game was bad uh vanquish uh, yeah, it, vanquish definitely had like the jump pack and that was all the movement was you know dashing yeah. left and right and forward and back 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I would love that on PC, especially if it got the, the treatment that Bayonetta, Bayonetta has where it looks really good. Yeah, um, I would actually be more interested to play Vanquish than Bayonetta 1. Cause that's I would, too, I haven't really for sure. Tried. I, would, I would get that immediately if it came. I think a lot of people would. Um, and so I, it's the I, same, I bet that's what they were referring to. When they right, and this. it's the same publisher as Bayonetta 1. It's just Sega, so I don't, it seems like it should happen, right? Yeah, and Sega's definitely embracing PC as PC more than they ever have before. Right. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's something that's going to happen. It has to happen. Um, hopefully, the it Nintendo does. one's probably not so much. Yes, like Bayonetta two, one of one or one, probably not happening. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, probably not. I mean, who knows what the what the actual publishing like agreement was there? But I think in general, you're right. Those, those games just aren't ever going to come to PC or most other platforms. All right, now on to the next story. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 got announced. It's coming out. So I think that I can't remember if we talked about that last week. It was definitely um, uh, leaked early, uh, and it it you know they officially announced it on Saturday at the Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, and it's got a single player campaign, and you're going to play as a an Imperial officer at the end of Jedi. It looks like after the Empire. Uh, the Empire comes down and the Emperor gets killed and you are going to have to get revenge on the, the Rebellion. Um, it looks pretty cool and then the multiplayer is going to have all eras like Battlefront always does and they showed off Darth Maul and they showed off Kylo Ren. Um, and yeah, it, it looks pretty good. Um, I, I kind of... I really like the first one but I, I think this, this Star Wars Battlefront 2 start look like the game that the first one should have been to a lot of other people. Right. Um, it's the game that probably Battlefront 1 could have been if they didn't need to get Battlefront 1 out, like, immediately, right? Right, yeah. I mean, for for what Battlefront 1 was, uh, it was still, I think, really impressive. Yeah. Uh, they did rush it, and yet I was still really happy with it. Clearly, the progression wasn't there in terms of, you know, of uh, keeping people attached to the multiplayer for a long period of time. But I played it for a while, and I still really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I did like it. I know. And, I mean, I understand the criticisms of it. Yeah, same but, here. like, the things it did do, I thought, were done very well. I thought, you know, a very good-looking game. But, yeah, sure, like, you know, you give me that with, like, a single-player campaign and kind of just more content. Yeah, that, that sounds good. Yeah, and here's, like, here's some really neat aspects of the single-player single player campaign. Uh, the writer of Spec Ops The Line, one of the best-written shooters of all time, uh, Walt Williams, he's writing the story for Battlefront 2 with Mitch Dyer, who uh, used to write for IGN. Uh, I, I know he left games journalism a while ago, didn't really know what he was going to work on. Turns out it was Battlefront 2. Now, Mitch Dyer, uh, he was a bit mob guy, right? You know what? I think you're right. Yeah, he yeah. was. It's yeah, crazy. absolutely. Man, that's, that is nuts. God. So, yeah. So He's Mitch, better than us. What the heck? Yeah, I know. For real. Writing Star Wars games. That's nuts. Um, but... I'm also really happy for him because that seems like a dream job. I know Mitch is a big Star Wars fan. Uh, Walt is uh, – I follow Walt, Walt on Twitter. He is a smart and funny guy. Spec Ups the Line is a, an incredible game specifically because of its story. Uh, so if it's a game that you haven't played yet, people out there should, definitely should give it a try. That's uh, often on sale on Steam. Um, so I'm excited for that. That seems like it has a lot of potential. Um and, yeah, again, it seems like they're doing Battlefront right this time uh, for, for the people who really felt so they were wrong is, the, the first time out. This is funny. So, like, I, like, have not played Spec Ops the line yet. So I'm like, oh, I better check my Steam thing library see if I have it. <laughs> and I do. It's there. Yep, exactly. Uh, 
man, that is that is Steam right there. Where right, it's like what uh, games do I have that I don't even know about today? Exactly. So many times has that happened. Actually, that's uh, Steam. Right. Um, one other thing about Battlefront 2, they're ditching the season pass, which is just industry standard now at this point, right? Um, they're probably it's gonna like, have probably like, have cosmetics you can buy. And no one can get away with that anymore, except for like Call of Duty, maybe, and even right. then, it's probably not a great. Idea, I, I think but... I think EA is still doing it with Battlefield, um, but that that is the closest thing to Call of Duty, and I bet Battlefield will eventually get rid of it pretty soon in the next game or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, so I'm, I wonder if that does mean that there's definitely going to be cosmetic items you can buy in Star Wars and uh, Battlefront Two, and how that would manifest. That would be weird and interesting right it's gonna be harder this time because it's not just the same two sides fighting every match right like right you spend all your money or something on some stormtrooper outfit and then you're playing on a map with your clone trooper instead how, how does that work yeah exactly i mean especially i mean if that's how they do it especially if they keep you funneled into those eras where if you're on a map that takes place during the prequel era are you gonna have to play as a prequel era character i mean it makes sense visually uh, but it might not make sense for them in terms of how they're going to monetize the game. So, so who knows? Um, it's going to be interesting to see. But the game is shaping up from the early looks of, of things. Pretty interesting, and I'm, I'm excited to yes, definitely look at more forward to for uh, kind of the end of the year. Yep. Uh, here was a, here was an interesting story. So I was on NeoGAF. Someone mentioned that Microsoft on the alpha ring for their preview thing, which is something I'm in. Uh, well, where they test out new versions of the Xbox One interface, uh, mentioned it, they had a, an announcement saying that they were introducing self-service refunds. Where on Xbox One and Windows 10, you could buy something from the Microsoft Store, an app or a game, and you could get a refund by going to your, you know, purchase list on your Windows account online and clicking a button and requesting a refund. Uh, it has very similar restrictions to what to how Steam works. So there is uh, a two-hour limit and a two-week limit. So you can play it for up to two hours. You can have owned it for up to two weeks. If you're within that realm, it's going to be real easy to get the refund. If you're outside of that, it's you're probably going to have to talk to someone at Microsoft to uh, to get a refund if, if they are going to agree to do that. Now, this is something I believe that they're still testing out. They haven't officially rolled it out to everyone across the, all Xbox Ones and Windows 10. Um, but I have the option on mine because I'm in that, uh, that alpha ring. So it, it feels like something that's not just a test, like, oh, we're going to see if this is an idea we want to try. It seems like it's definitely coming. Um, we're just going to have to wait a, a few days, maybe, maybe a couple of weeks before everyone gets it. Uh, this is a big change, though, Mike. Do you... Is this something that you that you welcome, or have you never really take took? Uh, have you ever like refunded a game on Steam, for example? No, I, I'm I'm usually first off, you know, so many games I get anymore, it is through work, right? And I play so many games just so long. There's very rarely do I just kind of buy a game on a whim anymore to a point where I would I don't know be dissatisfied. And I'm also still I'm not a big returner in general. Like I get very like oh, I don't know maybe it'll get better or maybe I, yeah. I, I already bought it you know whatever that money's gone anyways I'm I'm not one of people like oh, I need my money back this, I'm not completely satisfied so it eh, not so much my thing yeah I'm I'm the same way uh, even if it's something broken that I get from Target <laughs> I'm like half the time I'm just gonna I'll oh, just whatever uh, yeah it's like oh well that's a loss but oh, i have well. to go talk to the like talk to someone at the store yeah that's not worth 15 bucks find the receipt and i'm sure like they, they've made it even like way easier than that you don't have to do a lot of that stuff so it's but it's, i'm just like i'm not gonna take my time so 
I haven't, like, I don't typically do that. However, at the same time, this is something that they have to do, right? You have to sure. make refunds easier so people can take chances on games that might be broken because games have been more broken than ever, it seems like. I mean, I don't have any uh, numbers necessarily to back that up, but that's the, the sense I get. Like, I think it seems about right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm saying anything that's too crazy when I, when I say that. Um, so if, if the solution isn't, you know, ship only games that aren't broken because it doesn't seem like that's ever going to happen again. Uh, the solution uh, has to be enable people to get their money back really easy if they do end up with a broken game that they're really unhappy with. Um, so yeah, now Microsoft has followed Valve when it comes to this. Uh, this is let this is leaving Sony and Nintendo sort of out of the loop. Uh, do you think either of those Japanese companies are going to come along and try that? Well, not Nintendo. <laughs> God, no. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah. Sony, maybe. I don't know. It depends. I mean, people pick up on this and, you know, it, 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 like, I was about to say, oh, Microsoft could be like, we have something that Sony does, but I don't even know if that matters at this point. Sony's yeah. lead seems kind of going ahead here, but huh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I expect Sony to come out at E3 say, to say they have something like this. That's, that's I don't know if it's even that, if it's like an E3 kind of announcement, no, right? It's not a very sexy not. announcement. No. Um, but I, I would imagine maybe if they are working on it, it would be out before the end of the year. Uh, if it's not, it's, I bet they were caught by surprise that Microsoft would do this without being forced. Um, and I agree with you. Nintendo's just not, not going to no. go for this. Uh, no way. They, they don't even, they make it hard for you to buy your like games, let alone yeah, refund they would, them. If they heard the idea, they'd probably be appalled. Yeah. Um, Finally, I think this is going to be our last story, then we'll go to the ad, and then we will we'll return with our one big topic this week. Um, the Nintendo Direct happened. Uh, they had one. It Was was it Friday or Thursday of last week? I think it was Friday. Um, it was Thursday. You know what? You're right. It was Thursday, and they... Ha-ha. Yeah. I, like the mic was right, Dance. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad we don't have video this week. Um, so they focused primarily on Splatoon 2 and ARMS. Uh, we got some dates. Splatoon 2 is coming out July 21st. Uh, ARMS is coming June 16th. It's starting to feel like uh, Nintendo's going to have a big game a month, at least through summer, before we might have to wait for, for Super Mario Odyssey. Maybe they'll have something announced at E3 between, to, to fill in that gap. Um, but how are you feeling coming out of that Nintendo Direct about Nintendo's offerings for the Switch? Um, I mean, there were there was there weren't really any big surprises. No, like, there yeah. were some like there were like some games like oh cool Rayman Legends is gonna be on the Switch mm-hmm. that's neat I guess but um, no nah, nothing bad. I mean the release dates are kind of what you were hoping for right one one June one in July so mm-hmm. that the, it's spaced pretty well. Mario Kart comes out in like a week. Mm-hmm. Not even yeah, though, and you know like, I'm already sold on Splatoon two. Arms is kind of the bigger question mark because this actually gonna be like a, a good game or is it gonna be kind of like this. Waggle. Yeah. It's kind of like what I almost thought Splatoon 1 would be. Like, I thought Splatoon 1 was this, like, cute little experiment that might be, like, neat, but, nah, whatever. Like, if ARMS could be the next Splatoon, it would be fantastic. It would give that whole system a big, kind of, unexpected boost. Yeah, I I agree. And I I think there's the chance for that. Um, When I look at the gameplay, I'm still not sure what, like, how it feels to play, but it looks very satisfying landing punches on the opponent. Um, Especially because, uh, I mean, if people don't understand, it looks like a behind-the-back fighting game where you're controlling a character and you are throwing punches either with the, using the gamepad uh, or actually flinging the, your fists while, yeah, while holding a, uh, the, the Joy-Con controllers. Um, 
and I so I don't really know like how that feels, but you could do things like curve the the fist as you're throwing it so they they, they fly through the air and it will fling to the left and hit the guy in the face uh, like a curveball and it looks really interesting. It looks very satisfying when you do land one of those curveballs and it gets it right in the chin. Um, it's something I want to try and see if that the mechanics themselves are as satisfying as it looks. Uh, but until then, I, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, where I'm hesitant about whether or not this is going to be a, f- a fully great Nintendo game in the way Splatoon ended up being. Right. Um, but it has the potential, from from what I can tell. Um, Nintendo had some other things. They should, like you said, Rayman Legends Payday Two got announced for the Switch. I thought that was pretty weird. That's a popular cooperative PC bank robbing game. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's on uh, some other consoles and stuff. Uh, but for it to come to the Switch, that's that's. It's, I think it shows some developers, especially some of the smaller developers, are seeing the Switch as a, an early opportunity maybe to find an audience that is hungry for games. And if you're on there, you can take advantage of that. And Payday 2 strikes me as an example of, of something like that. Um, and if it, if it works out, hopefully it does work out, other people will follow, follow and put similar kinds of games on the system. Um, and then I think the only kind of other big thing was uh, Splatoon's Salmon Run. They showed this cooperative horde mode. Um, did, did that get you excited in it, like at all? Yes. Okay. Yes, good. Because I, I, I think I'm. I think I was way into that when I was looking Cause, at it. I because th- the the whole horde mode idea seems like it would work just really well on Switch, right? Because I guess. Right. Because I mean, I remember we were playing the Gears Four horde mode with some friends not too long ago and like we literally had like brought another tv over and put it next to because you know obviously you could do it you know online but we like kind of all wanted to be in the same room with each other and yeah the switches obviously makes it pretty easy as long as you all have your own switches but you know i mean it's getting to that point with a lot of uh, people who play games anyhow um where everyone has it but uh yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I didn't even can think about that situation where people would be getting together to play the horror mode, but that's very interesting. I mean, um, I, I still think that the online for being a question for Nintendo and how voice chat will work will make uh, something like a horror mode where cooperation is key. Um, that the kind of that leaves it up in the air whether or not that will it'll work like that. However, I thought it looked really cool. Uh, right. It's it's just a, a map where these weird fish things attack you in waves, and it, it was just a horde mode. Um, but it, they had this really weird um, sort of a video announcing it, where it was like a, an instructional video from the '80s, of like for for a fast food restaurant, and that was really good. Um, so it, it just Splatoon Two is hitting all the same notes, all the right notes that the yeah. first game hit, and they're expanding it in interesting ways that I want it's to try. It's kind of like all unique and weird and uh, just, yeah, exactly. Just as long just as it doesn't come at the expense of the single-player campaign. I just want yes. another really great single-player campaign really as well. I really did like that, and I will yes. be disappointed. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, oh, who cared? No one played the single-player campaign. Uh, it was very good. I did. It was fantastic. Yep. Okay, guys. Uh, I think that's going to do it for the news. We will take a quick break, and when we come back, we will have our topic where we talk, we'll talk about why the hell Nintendo canceled the NES Classic. And yeah, we'll be right back. Mike. Hi. Why are you going to be traveling in like two weeks? What are you going to be doing? I'm going to go to the Games Beat Summit conference in Berkeley, California. It'll be great. We are going to have speakers such as Star Wars Rogue One's screenwriter gary witta an epic chief executive 
officer, Tim Sweeney. And very special guest, Sledgehammer Games. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is happening May 1st, May 2nd in Berkeley, California, Games Beat Summit. Um, we put on these events all the time. They uh, happen regularly. This is our summit. It's a little bit different than just Games Beat proper, where it's a little bit—it's more intimate. It's you're gonna get face oh, to face. Oh, it's real with intimate if you're, uh, it, if you're there with me. Uh, Mike's probably not gonna be wearing pants. <laughs> this is a good thing. I, 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 intimacy is something we need in the gaming industry, and this is what's gonna happen at Games Beat Summit. Um, if you want to find out more about this event, you're gonna check us out at VentureBeat.com/events. If you want a code that might be able to get you a discount, still, I, I think that's still happening. Uh, to get that, go ahead and get a hold of us on Twitter at, at GamesBeat, uh, twitter.com slash GamesBeat. If you message us there and we see it, um, uh, we'll try to get back to you and we'll get you a code that you can use to potentially get a discount uh, for tickets to uh, attend the event. And we, we hope to see you there, or at least Mike does, because, again, I'm staying at home because I have a baby. I'm going to be sleeping. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to be getting intimate with a pillow. Uh, I want a nap. And we're back. Mike, let's get right into it. Nintendo canceled the NES Classic Edition, essentially. Uh, they wow, are how could they do that? Uh, they're sending out a few more shipments before the end of April. Um, that's it. Then the system is done. Nintendo, uh, when they sent out the... When I, I, okay, so you wrote the story. I got a hold of Nintendo. Their wording was, we never really intended that this this to be a long-term thing. Our, you know, the, the success of it made us yeah we made a few more because of that because people really wanted it. demand was high so we sold a bunch more but we're moving on this thing's old news um people have not been able to buy this thing on a store shelf for quite some time if they come if they come into stock they sell out sell out immediately whether it's online or in a store since they debuted in october uh why is nintendo doing this well, there's got to be a reason, right? It literally can't just be like, ha, ah, whatever. Right. People want to buy this, but we're, we're over it. Like, there must be a reason. I can only think of two, and one of them seems much more likely than the other. Well, give me the unlikely one first. The unlikely one, but maybe it's likely, is that they are concerned that this is going to cut into their virtual console business mm, of selling yeah, digital copies maybe. of old games. And they weren't concerned about that at first when they thought this was just going to be some small thing that some niche, like, nostalgic gamers would buy. Right. Um, I, you know, Nintendo's always underestimating the appeal of certain things. That I, I guess nostalgia for the NES somehow was something they vastly uh, <laughs> underestimated. They could have uh, just asked me, man. I would Yeah, been, no, hey, right. Trust me. I mean, you know, it, yeah. It, it's like, it's funny how we all praise them for making it. Like, oh, that's really smart because all the people who like the NES are now adults of money, and now they seemed now they seem dumb again because mm -hmm. they were like it was like something they just threw out there. Like, oh no, it actually is popular. So like maybe that's happening, but they've 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 sold their games like their old games so many times, so many different ways. It's hard to imagine that now they're concerned about doing it in too many different ways. So I think the the most likely thing is just that there is an NES Classic Edition 2.0 coming probably this holiday with like more games, more features, and like this will be like the one that hopefully there are way more of, or maybe they'll just do it again where there aren't a whole ton of them and they can sell as much as they want to make a whole fever pitch about it. I I would add a few things. Uh, I think what you said there makes a lot of sense. Uh, for the latter option, it, there is a possibility that Nintendo made 
con contractual agreements with the third-party developers and publishers that have games on the system, like Konami, uh, that put Super Contra on there, and Capcom with Mega Man 2. Um, it's possible that they only made the contracts for a certain number of these systems. Maybe. Um, maybe it was for a certain amount of time, or maybe it was for a certain amount of money per system that Nintendo now wants to renegotiate. And I'm, I'm thinking there's a, the potential for the NES Classic 2 uh, is to increase the, 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 the profit margins. Uh, because that's one of the reasons I would think you would say, hey, no, we're cutting this off now. Um, we're selling these things, and actually we're, just, we're hurting ourselves in the long run because we could come out with the NES Classic 2 with <coughs> more, a few more games of our own Sell it at a higher price, yeah. Um, you know, and, and come back and come back and be able to negotiate a better deal with the third parties and third parties and say, hey, we're going to sell a lot of these. So if you um, want to get on board, we're not going to give you as much money per system, but we're going to sell way more because we're going to make more. We're going to be prepared this time. Uh, so I think there's a possibility that they're that they're making these negotiations right now, and that's one of the reasons you take out the shelf and say, no, you're not going to get any more money per system for this first one, Capcom and, and Konami. We're going to cut it off now. Uh, if you want to get back on board, come to the table and meet our new demands. Um, I think that seems like, you know, I'm, I'm speculating there, but it just seems like the way that they they handled this, it seems likely to me that that all that all of this is leading to that sort of situation with the NES Classic Two. Man, that's it's very fitting because Nintendo bullying third party publishers was kind of the history of the <laughs> exactly. NES, right? It's like exactly. the only way that they would be in that position. Again. It makes me nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to think about them just being hard asses with these other companies. Yeah, right. I'm sure they. Yeah, I'm sure Capcom and Konami are feeling nostalgic as well. Yeah, and, hey, we all, we all matter. I mean, yeah. the thing is, they they and they need help like from those two if they want to add more games to it because. You know, you could add some Nintendo games that were on the original, but they had all of the big heavy hitters yeah, on there. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, you're right. Whereas, like, there's still plenty of Konami and Capcom. I mean, they only had one of the six Mega Man games on there. You mm -hmm. can put those on there. You know, they had they had two Castlevanias. I don't think they had Castlevania 3 on there. I don't think, like, Metal Gear Solid 1 was on there. You had one of the Contras, not the other one. So, like, there, there are plenty of games you could put on there, but, that you know, you would need that third-party support. Yeah, and I, and I do, yeah, I think it's the third-party contractual no negotiations that are really are the fulcrum for this whole situation. Right. But, like, how much, like, you know, I know they want to increase the, par the profit margin, so they have to make it more expensive, but they have to make it appear to be a good value still. It, can you do that just with more games? And it would have to be a lot of games. Like, like how much is the NES Classic Edition 2.0 going to sell for? $80? $100? I, I mean, I think they can I think they can go to $100, but I, I would imagine they would still want to do, like, $89, uh, $60 always felt like a real, like, a impulse purchase. It was a good deal, for sure. I thought yeah. it was an easy buy at $60. Um, but, yeah, I, I think maybe they bump it up to, to like, 80 or 90 Um but like the the profit margins, I think like I think a, a big part of that's going to come from just giving less money to the third parties. So they're gonna get it on both ends. They're gonna increase the price on on the retail side. They're gonna give less money to the third parties on the other side. Even when they do end up getting more games, I bet uh, they're probably still gonna give less. Um, and they will now also they could like renegotiate all the parts purchasing uh, because they they know that these this thing's gonna be really popular. So they could purchase in, in bulk at a much higher rate. And get a much better deal on those parts. So I think that they're going to find a way to re like just reboot this whole idea 
um, in a way that makes them more money from the ground up. And, and I think we're in the middle of that process. It's just hard to imagine that they just don't make any more of these retro systems after that did oh, yeah. so well. There's just there's like that's oh, you that is say the impossible situation, right? You would there, say that, but it's Nintendo. Like maybe. Oh man, maybe fuck. So I mean, okay. So let's talk about your unlikely situation. Uh, I mean, do do they really think that that's the same market? Uh, the people buying uh, virtual console games on their on the Wii, Wii U, Switch—that's uh, not the same market as the people that were out buying NES uh, classics. No, and no. even if it was, like, we, I mean, we're buying both. Crossover. Yeah. yeah, there was definitely a lot of people who would do both. There's a lot of people who would never buy a virtual console game on. 3ds or whatever who were getting nes classics there's a lot of people don't even play video games anymore who wanted an nes classic yeah for sure childhood and all that stuff and they went out and bought second controllers and things like that and uh and you know nintendo's um, i think this that's who this really hurts i think is a lot of those uh those accessory makers who are making like the controllers and the extenders thinking that nintendo was like gonna keep making these things yeah a lot of them like just got on their feet where they caught up with demand and they had enough on store shelves and, and Amazon warehouses uh, in the last month. And now Nintendo pulls the rug out from underneath them. It's it's a comical situation. But I I just, there's I, to me, there is zero chance that there's not some version of this idea on store shelves this holiday from Nintendo. And I don't know what world they're living in if they don't have it. I just, I mean, especially cutting, like, in April. Like, we're in the first half of the year. So, that gives them a runway to build up to it. I mean, it, I'm, I'm clearly pie, uh, piecing uh, ideas together here, the different situations to uh, fit my, what I want. Like, to fit the idea of an NES Classic coming out this uh, holiday. Uh, I'm seeing the patterns or whatever where they may not exist. But to me, it's like, it just seems obvious that this that this is what they're doing. They're going to have a sequel to this idea. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I just... It's gotta be something. It's kind of bummer because, like, I, I did hope at one point, like, oh, we could get the SNES Classic this year. Now that that feels right. later off now. Yeah, that, that feels um, once they really exhaust the NES Classic idea. I think they want to give it uh, several years <laughs> before they move on to, to the SNES. Uh, I'm with you, though. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. I was ready for that system. Um, now I'm just curious to see how they handle this and, like, what their idea is for this uh, for this spinoff of their core business um and it also makes me really curious to see what the hell the virtual console is going to be like on the switch uh do you think they even still call it the virtual console i I guess i mean what else are you gonna call it i know Uh, is it just like digital games i don't know yeah like do they just throw old uh games into the same store i was kind of hoping we would hear something about that during that uh nintendo Uh, that's definitely gonna be a that's definitely an e3 thing i think Um, they're gonna and now, because if they are making a big deal of how they're doing it different, it'll be at E3. I mean, it can't be any later than E3 because soon after that's when they're going to start giving out their free game per month for, as part of their subscription service for their premium online network. So, yeah, I, I guess that again, I'm just seeing patterns where they may not exist. So, so who knows? Nintendo is that that weird company out in the ether doing their things because they do their things their own way. Um, but yeah, this I know a lot of people were shocked by this. To me, there were logical reasons to do this that lead very clearly into a new version of this idea, and I think a lot of people just thought they're canceling this because they hate money. I, I, that's that's not the case. So 
There might, be a, there might be a reason. It might be a bad reason, but there's a reason. Yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, with, and, Ninten- yeah. with Nintendo, it might be a bad reason, but... You know, I mean, the only way we'd ever get any idea is if they had a shareholder meeting coming up and somebody can ask there, but I don't even think, I don't think they have one coming up too soon, right? No, yeah, I think it's uh, no, because uh, we just got out of earnings. Because if I was a shareholder, month. I would definitely have some questions about <laughs> yeah. what's going on with this. So, I mean, the thing sold uh, uh, more than 150000 in its first month, and that was with the supply constraints. So, I mean, they right. were, I mean, they sold every single one they made. All right. Yeah, I, no other real big ideas about that or big thoughts. Uh, clearly, I just think Nintendo's a weird company, uh, but I, I, they are successful for a reason, so they must have some idea. Okay, Mike, I think that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Uh, and do you want to go ahead and just maybe tell people where they can find you on the internet? Sure, sure. I'm uh, Tolkoto at Twitter. That's T-O-L-K-O-T-O. I'm always writing on GameSpeak, and I also do the Exploding Barrel podcast. It's another gaming podcast that I do with my brother. We've been doing that for just about 10 years now. You can find that at ebpodcast.com. Man, 10 years. That's nuts, yeah, dude. I know. It's weird. S- speaking of things we've been doing for about 10 years, and it might be time for this. This might be the last one for this bit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to read what Mike has written in the Google Doc. <laughs> well, oh, oh, you're my... deciding that this bit is done. I'm deciding. Yeah, it might be. I'm, I'm just saying. It might have run its course. But <laughs> here it is. Uh, I am Jeff Grubb 2, still sucking after all these years, on Twitter.com. Um, we'll get or, on that one then. Or least. just Jeff Grubb. I, I actually really like that one. That might be a high note. Um, I also make videos occasionally. You can get them on YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. I still want to start a Zelda series where I play to, plays a nude Link. Uh, I want to find some time to do that, but we'll see. Maybe the, maybe this week. Um, we'll be back next week with another new episode. So if you want to check, check in on us, then it'll be live on Monday, hopefully, if I can get everything working. Uh, it'll be up on the podcast feed on Tuesday. In the meantime, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you then. Bye.